Welcome to the 2022 season of Run My West Coast. I am your host, Eddie Klein. Run My West Coast is a show about running in West Michigan. Podcast episodes feature local runners, local races and race directors, along with running community and Holland Haven Marathon details. In this episode called Summer Running in West Michigan, I interview Bonnie Sexton. In our interview, you will find out that Bonnie is a race director and a whole lot more. Plus, I go into the rundown and I talk about Trail Point's Hazy Days 5K. Then I'm going to get in some running tips, and this month we're going to talk about hill running. And of course, at the end of the episode, I'm going to give you a list of West Michigan races. So, I recently had the pleasure of sitting down with Bonnie Sexton and talking all things running in her life. Now, Bonnie wears a lot of hats in the Kalamazoo running community and on the national stage. It was great getting to know Bonnie. I'm sure you will enjoy our conversation. Here we go. So hi, Bonnie, and welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Hey, thank you, Eddie. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, and I'm glad we, j- we just met for the first time, too. So we've been emailing back and forth. It's nice to actually meet you in person and uh, we'll get to know each other a little bit on the show, on, on air. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I want to know about you, just getting started, is kind of where your running journey began. Like, what did you do growing up as a kid running and, you know, as an adult running? And what's your like, background in running and where you've been, what have you been doing? Yeah, so I've always enjoyed running as a kid, you know, uh, field days, if you remember in elementary school, um, always enjoyed the running um, activities that we did as part of those. And then um, when I was a freshman in high school, uh, the gym teacher recruited me for the indoor track team. Um, We had to do a physical fitness test and he said, you need to join track. So I did. Um, Ironically, it was as a sprinter. Um, so started my running journey as a sprinter in high school, um, did the long jump, the triple jump, did a little bit with hurdles, but was primarily the shorter distances up through about the 800 meters. That was the longest I ran in high school. And then, um, in college, I went to Liberty University, um, and was a walk-on for their team, uh, at Liberty, um, again, as a sprinter and long jumper, so did the sprints, the long jumps, got a partial scholarship my second, uh, my second year, my sophomore year, and then um, partway through my sophomore year, um, I, I stopped running um, the college level training, plus I was working part-time, um, and then trying to maintain my studies was a lot, so stopped running regularly for about 14 years, Oh, and okay. you know, still stayed fit, went to the health center, and then... Um, after my um, third child, so I, in the meantime, I had gotten married, gone to grad school, um, had three children. And then after my third one, I found it was a little bit harder to, to lose that post-baby weight. So I started running again, um, just basically for physical fitness to take off those last few um, baby pounds. So um, started running, um, entered my first 5K race and did well, finished second in my age group. And I said, wow, maybe I could be good at this distance running stuff. So that kind of lit the fire. My first race was the Triple Creek Dash in Three Rivers, Michigan. And um, then from that point on, ran several more um, 5Ks, improved over time. And um, I was able to get my time down um, 
pretty fast. And then I started, so, um, you know, that whole first year I did 5K races and then joined um, what was then Borges Run Camp. Um, and they had a 5K and a half marathon training program that prepared you for the Borges Run for the health of it. So entered that training camp, started out training for a 5K, and then realized, hey, as I was building up my mileage, I could probably do a half marathon. So went from 5K to half marathon, um, ran my first half marathon, was really happy with the time um, that I ran in that and realized, hey, maybe I can actually be good at this distance self stuff. I had always thought of myself as a sprinter, and so never imagined I'd be doing you know, half marathons, let alone marathons. So um, ran my first half marathon and then realized, hey, I probably could do a marathon. So um, I then trained with the Summer Safari, which was a partnership between Gazelle Sports and Kalamazoo Runners. And that was in um, 2003 um, that I um, joined that camp and then trained for my first marathon. Um, and that was the Detroit Free Press um, Marathon. So my first 20-miler, I realized, hey, I can do this. <laughs> you know, I can finish my first marathon. So um, ran Detroit that first year, um, ended up running a 315 for my first marathon, and realized, okay, I, I think I can probably be a pretty decent marathoner. Yeah, 315 for a first marathon for a woman, that's impressive. <laughs> I'll give you that for sure. Now, let me ask you this, going back to like high school and college days, like what's more daunting, running the 800 or running the marathon? Because I feel like the 800 is like a most brutal race you could ever run. Harder than a marathon. <laughs> yes, because the, I mean, the 800 is is tough because you're, you're going into oxygen deficit. Yeah. You know, you're running it just a tiny bit slower than you are the 400 meters. And even the 400, which was one of my one of the races that I ran most frequently, the last 100 meters of that, your legs were, were lead. And so the 800, you know, I mean, you, you had that same feeling, but for a little bit longer distance. Um, the marathon, you know, obviously it's a much slower pace, but you still, once you hit that wall, it becomes a struggle sure. at the end of a marathon. And so I would say they're both difficult in their own right um, for different reasons. The 800, just getting into that oxygen deficit and, you know, that last 200 meters is tough on an 800. Oh, yeah. Um, with the marathon, you know, depending on where you hit the wall or deplete in terms of your, of your glycogen, um, you know, that can be equally cha challenging. Right. Yeah, for sure. And you've run, okay, so you ran the Detroit Marathon and then you've gone on to be running a lot more marathons. So which, you've run how many marathons total? So I've done 46 total okay. marathons um, altogether. Um, ran Boston five times. Um, you know, and if I was looking at, uh, I think I would say Boston is my favorite. Oh, yeah? Um, just the organization, the excitement, the way the whole city embraces the race. Um, there's nothing like Boston. And, you know, I wasn't there in 2013 when the bombings happened, but I did go the year after, um, in 2014, and it was just amazing how the city just welcomed us back, and they thanked all the runners for coming. We would just pass people in the streets, and they would say, thank you so much for coming back to Boston. Thank you for being here. And, you know, it was just it was amazing how the city, the whole community, you know, embraced the runners who were returning. Yeah, I believe it. That yeah. I, I feel the same way about I ran Boston in 2012, the year before the bombing. 
and, you know, I absolutely experienced the same thing as you did. It's like the community there is just so generous. It's so cool to be part of that, that race. So yeah, yeah. that's amazing. 46 races. So what's your, what's your marathon PR time? What's so it is that 315. The best is your first one ever. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I went on to run um, several other 315s, but um, did incur an injury a couple of years later as I was peaking as a runner. Um, and as a result of that injury, I was never able to continue improving. Okay. Um, from that point on, um, I had to have treatments that, you know, modified my stride a little bit. Oh. And, yeah, so... Um, but continued running on, continued running marathons, but um, never was able to get below that 315 after that. Right. Now, do you run, still to this day, run other distances, like 5Ks, 10Ks, halves, intermixed with marathons? Uh, yes, I do. I, I do 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons. Um, just did um, a 10K um, a couple of weeks ago, the Serial City Classic 10K. Um, I ran the Winter Blast 10K, ran... Ran Toledo Glass City um, this year, which was very hot. Started, oh, yeah. Started out planning on doing the marathon, then switched to the half um, because of the heat and humidity. It was a late April race, and we hadn't been training in that. So um, did the half marathon yeah. at, at Glass City. It's it's uh, It was a weird spring in Michigan. Like, I, Riverbank Run was hot. Did you yes. run Riverbank Run this year? I didn't run it, but we had a number of folks from our yeah. club who did. And, yeah, it was... I heard some of the stories. It was extremely hot. Yeah, it was 70 degrees at 5.30 in the morning out there. On that. It was, yes. Yeah, so we just had a weird spring in Michigan where April wasn't very nice, but you'd get some really hot days. And, you know, Riverbank Run is usually raining and miserable. So yes. it, was actually, it was actually hot for once at Riverbank Run, yeah. which is interesting. Yes. Um, okay, so let me, let's go forward a little bit. We talked about what you've run. What are you planning on running? Like, what is your you're running, planning, or are you training for something this year, next year? Like, what are you training and doing? Well, um, I will be marathon training um, this summer. So I, I direct um, Cal Missouri Runners um, Marathon Training, Half and Full Marathon Training Program. It's called The Beyond. And so we start that program July 9th. Um, so I'm directing it, but I'll also be running with the program as well. Haven't decided on which fall marathon I'm doing yet. Um, so still thinking about that, but do plan on doing a, a fall marathon. Um, and in the meantime, doing some 5K, 10K races. Um, I am doing Dances with Dirt. Um, That's such a fun race. It is. It is. It, it, it typically, it has been in the past 100 kilometers. This year, it's going to be 55 miles. But oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's a five-person team. Yep, um, I've done that one a couple so times myself. It's a blast. It is. It's so much fun. I, I do it every year, probably. I, I think the first year I did it might have been 2004. Oh, wow. I've been doing it a long time then. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah, so so that's a fun event. So plan on doing that, and then, you know, probably a, f a few other uh, races. So haven't haven't planned out my schedule yet for this year. Okay, so when you're, like, you know you're going to run a marathon, so you just, July 9th, you just, like, boom, I'm going to start running. I'll know I'll sign up for one eventually. You know, I haven't signed up for anything yet. You're just going to – are you, like, a destination runner, or are you going to try and, like, stay local in Michigan and hit a marathon here, you know, yet? Um, I don't know yet. It depends. Um, sometimes I'll travel to a destination. Other times it'll be local. If if I end up – if my schedule gets too busy to travel, I might just do Grand Rapids. Um, you know, that's a nice one-hour trip up north and easy to do. Um so a lot of times I'll do Grand Rapids, and it's always a great race. There's always a lot of people there from the local running community, um, always very well organized. So 
um, you know, if I don't select a destination race or um, I'll probably end up doing Grand Rapids. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. So let me ask you about uh, Kalamazoo area runners. So you you have a big role in Kalamazoo area runners. So what, what are you doing with the training program and how are you uh, part of that and what are you doing with it? Yeah, so, um, so I'm the board president of Cal Missouri Runners. I've been involved in the board since 2004. Um, um, stepped off a couple of times briefly and then ended up back on. Um, have been the board president most years um, since then. Started out as the vice president of membership. But one of the things that um, that I did when I when I be, when I joined the board a few years later, we started developing training programs. We realized that that was a great way to bring people together and to do in a way that was structured that made people feel comfortable at joining a group because it, it can be scary or intimidating sometimes to just show up to a group run and, and wonder, are there people the same pace as me? Are there people yeah, I can run with? Will sure. I know of anybody? So um, we... Um, we put some structured training programs in place that were very similar to Borges Run Camp and the safari program that Kalamazoo Runners and Gazelle Sports partnered at. Um, and, and the safari was only during the summer, and Borges at the time was only 5K and, and half marathon training during the winter. So we filled some of those gaps. So one of the things we did was we um, implemented the Beyond Marathon training program in the winter months to train for a spring marathon such as Boston and Bayshore. And um, began that program, um, gosh, I want to say 2005. Um, we, we did the first version of that program here in Kalamazoo. And that first year, we had about 100 runners come out to train with us all winter. Oh, that's great turnout. Yeah, it was for our very first year. And so... Um, it became very popular. Um, the program grew. Um, we later added a half marathon component to that as well. And then the first year of the Kalamazoo Marathon, which was 2011, um, Borges added a marathon component. So we had two programs. Um, but the Kalamazoo Marathon drew so much um, attention and community support. There was actually, we actually needed multiple training programs to support that. So we saw growth, too. I think at our height, um, we ended up having close to 300 in our winter half and full marathon training program, and Borges grew pretty significantly, too, um, to about 1,000, I think about 1,000. So um, we had a lot of people training down here during the winter months. Um, so we did the Beyond during the winter, um, partnered with Gazelle Sports during the summer on the summer safari. And then um, a few years later, we added the Fast Track 5K and 10K training program during the summer um, in Kalamazoo. So that's held at Western Michigan University at their track. Um, And that program continues today. Um, I direct that program as well. Um, And then um, going into COVID, um, so in 2020, um, COVID hit right when we were, were about two months into our training program through the winter beyond and both our program and the Borges Run Camp were canceled at that point, you know, when everything shut down. Right, of course. Yeah, so um, we canceled halfway through the program. We had to, you know, halt it or pause it um, due to COVID. And then um, that summer, um, Gazelle Sports did a very modified version of Safari, just a very small that we partnered with them at on. And that was summer of 2020, just a very small group. Oh, yeah. 
And um, then after that, um, they, de- they decided to exit that space, the formal training program space. They still organize a number of group runs in the community. Yeah, it's the same um, way in Holland now. Yeah, yep. yeah, but not the formal training program. So uh, last year we decided to bring on the Summer Beyond, which very very similar to Summer Safari, um, because we didn't have then a half and full marathon training program during the summer in Kalamazoo. So last year we piloted that. We had 155 people coming out of COVID sign up. Um, oh, that's for great a, turnout too! Yes. Wow. And we we did it. All of our venues were outdoors last year. We made some modifications for COVID. Um, you know, like for example, hydration on the course. We had bottled, wa- you know, individually bottled water instead of the jugs that you pour, and tried to encourage social distancing. But everything went well. We had no no issues whatsoever. Um, and then we went back to our regular uh, beyond programming for 2022. So we had our winter program, had um, I think about 220 people sign up for that, a little over 220 people sign up and for winter And then the beyond program is the one starting on the 9th of July? Yes, so that's okay. the summer beyond program um, starting on the 9th again. So this will be the second year for the summer program. Um, so if someone wants to sign up for that one, how do they do that? So they would just go out to our website, and then it'll link. We have a, a Beyond blog site that links to our sign-up, our registration through Run Sign Up. So they would go to kalamazooryrunners.org to okay. look under training, and then it would take you there. All right, so anyone looking to run in Kalamazoo with a great training group, sounds like just go there and they can do it. And Absolutely. You'll get them to whatever distance they're ready to do that summer. Yes, yeah, so um, you know we'll, we we target a fall half or full marathon. The schedule specifically target Grand Rapids and Detroit, but we have people running a wide variety of fall marathons, yeah. ranging from early September. I mean, hopefully they want to run one in Holland. A few people, right? I know, I know about one up there. <laughs> yes, uh, many many of our folks do go and run that, and some of them will come, you know, run the half, and then you know, as a as a um, you know trial run for. Sure you know, the full marathon. So we do have quite a few go up and run um, the race in Holland. Yeah. Okay, great. And then, so you are also a coach through RRCA. Yeah. And so does that mean like at the training programs, you're actually like out there like coaching people like a track coach would or a cross country coach? I'm trying to envision what does a, what does a coach do that's an RRCA coach at these programs? What are you doing? Yeah, so for for the Beyond Training Program, for the half and full, I'm actually out there running with, you know, one of the teams. I was actually a team leader as well as the program director for our winter program. So, um, but but what I do as a coach for that is I develop the training programs. Um, now, we do have another coach. Um, he He's not an RRCA certified coach, but we have another coach for the winter program that will design um, some of the training schedules along with me. And so... And then in the summer program, you know, I'll design the schedules for that, as well as for our 5K, 10K training program. So I'm out there. I'm there as a resource when people need to adjust their schedules for a different race. You know, we've got over – we had over 200 people in the um, in the winter program, so we're not individually coaching each one of them. You know, there's a, the program is – it's already set up the way it needs to be structured. Yeah. But we're helping people with adjustments. If they're getting injured, we're referring them. If they need guidance on their workouts or they need a better understanding of how to do them, we'll work with them on that. So okay. um, So they have a lot of res- resource yes. to, like, adapt or 
whatever they need to do their training. Cause you, you put out a training program that mostly everybody follows. Right. And then if someone needs to adapt it or do something different or needs some explanation, you have, they have that resource that you can be the one to, right. to do all, to take care of it. Okay. Exactly. That's, that's fantastic. Now, speaking of RRCA, you've just taken on another new role at the RRCA. Yes. Which is? Yeah, the central region director yeah. um, for our RRCA. So I serve on the board of directors starting um, April 1st. So brand new role for me. And, um, you know, it's exciting because I now have the opportunity to serve the running community on a national level and, and take what I've, what I've learned. And, you know, I've been engaged with RRCA for a long time um, through the um, coaching certification program, through the, um, the race championship, the RRCA championship race series. Um, have been involved in that in year, for years um, with some of our local races here through Kalamazoo Area Runners. Right. Um, runner-friendly community. Um, Kalamazoo County was named a runner-friendly community twice, so went through that process to do that. So I've been engaged for a long, long period of time, so I'm familiar with the programs through RRCA, Um, and then um, was asked to join the board, um, and was a little hesitant because I'm still the board president of Kalamazoo Runners and have a lot of responsibility there, Um, but, um, you know, they were very encouraging um, and, you know, helped me to, to be able to balance that. Yeah, so what kind of stuff are you going to be doing? I mean, I know one thing you're doing because my, my half marathon, the Holland Haven, is the central region championship race for the half yes. this year. So I know you and I met through that. Through that. So I know yes. you're like, you're the one guiding me through how to do the, do the race itself. And hopefully you'll be able to be at the, at the event if it works out for time. But so... But yeah, what's your role? What else are you doing? Is that the kind of stuff you do is help races get going? or what? So um, part of it is representing RRCA at the championship races, particularly okay. the regional. But I work together with our state Michigan rep, Scott Fiske, um, to cover Michigan races when need be. Um, also the Kalamazoo Classic, the race that, um, that I just directed and, and had um, two weekends ago. It was on June 18th. That was the RRCA National 5K Championship. So it was there wearing many hats, um, one on behalf of MRC, where I work since it's a fundraiser uh, for MRC, and then on behalf of Kalamazoo Runners, who's a partner um, who does the course operations, and then as the RRCA Central Region rep, I was there representing along with Scott Fiske, and then we had another gentleman from RRCA there as well. Um, so I'm representing at those races, um, making sure that the RRCA branding and, and benefits are being used, um, and then serving as part of the board. So oversight of the organization, um, approving financials and approving, um, other motions that are made, um, through the board of directors. So a lot of that's done electronically, um, but that's a big role as well, um, okay. along with the rest of the board, yeah. approving different um, emotions that are, are brought to the board. Um, so that will be part of it. Um, also, um, working with the National Art Office to fill some of the state rep um, positions and work closely with the state reps to cover various events within the region. Uh, so that's part of it as well. Um, and I'm still learning some of my role, um, but um, just you know, promoting our RCA you know, throughout the region here. Oh, you're very, very busy with all yes. that stuff. Not to mention you have a full-time job. Like we're sitting at your office right now. So yes. I, I honestly don't know how you have time for three kids and all this stuff, but you're, you're just honestly must be just an amazing like task-oriented woman that can just get it done. <laughs> it so, sounds awesome the way you get it all done. 
Uh, my kids are all college age, and okay. also they're not they're not young, they're not little anymore. Thankfully, otherwise, I don't think I'd be able to do all this. Okay, so now but, that you're a little bit of an empty nester, you got yes. more time to do this other kind of stuff, which is awesome that you got to move on and do something like that because you're obviously yeah. passionate about running. You've been a runner your whole life, so kind of yes, all ties absolutely. together. It uh, does, it does, and I, you know I'm really excited about serving on the RSC board and having that that national impact and you know and just being able to see at a nationwide level and it's cool too because our rca i mean there's clubs all through the country so um you know i'm going to virginia next week on vacation i'm going to be in loudon county so i looked up the loudon county road runner running club and messaged them and said hey can i join your run and they're like yeah we'd love to have you so you have this whole network too throughout the whole country of runners that you can join and be a part of and no matter where you go you know you find other runners to run with who are part of that whole network yeah that makes a lot of sense it's yeah it's yes. a community throughout the country of runners all doing kind of the same mission and same thing yeah and then the rca's got their convention coming up uh, in chicago we do it's going to be in march of um 2023 in chicago so we're really excited about that it's you know close for us this year i agree i might actually <laughs> go like i almost went I was going to go in 2020 Portland and then it got canceled. Like, yes. you know, the pandemic happened like two weeks before the convention. So I, I was all set to go that year and now I have never been to one. So Chicago was like right down the road from Holland. So I'm like, I got to go the, uh, the March one coming up. Yes. And, and you'll love it. I mean, there's so much opportunity to learn, to network, to meet other runners across and running community leaders across the nation. So it's a, a worthwhile experience. I've gone almost every year. I was supposed to go to Portland and, of course, didn't go mm-hmm. to that. Um, and then the following year in Florida, 2021, um, as we were just starting to emerge from the pandemic, didn't go to that one. But other than that, I've gone to every one since 2013. Okay. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to going to my very first one next year. So yeah, you'll I'll love it. See you there for sure. Let's change directions a little bit because you're also a race director. Yes. For the Kalamazoo Classic. Yes. And that race just happened a few weeks ago. And so talking about that, I'd like to hear about how did the race go this year and what's the race all about and stuff like that. So how did it go? Yeah, so it's great. And so the race is in its, it was in its 44th year this year. And I want to give a little background um, history. It was originally founded by the Kalamazoo Track Club and then partnered with MRC um, it was shortly before my board term, so maybe about tw- the year 2000. Um, it was around that time that MRC and Kalamazoo Runners formed a partnership bringing Kalamazoo Runners operation, race operations experience and MRC's fundraising experience together. Um, you know, so, so it became a fundraiser for MRC. Kalamazoo Runners gets a little bit of the proceeds as well for the work you know, they sure. put into it. Um, so um, in... in um, 2020, um, we, um, you know, obviously all the races were canceled, so we decided to run the Kalamazoo Classic as a virtual race, you know, to ensure that continuity, um, you know, we were in our, we were going into our 42nd year there, so held the 42nd Kalamazoo Classic as a virtual race. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, and then in, in um, 2021, we, um, we were organizing an in-person race. Um, a lot of the local in-person races had been canceled. Our biggest one in the community was always the board just run for the health of it. And that was virtual in 2020, and that was completely canceled in 2021. 
um, we were pretty determined to bring back the Kalamazoo Classic in 2021. So we're looking at being one of the first major community races. There had been some other smaller ones that had taken place, you know, to, to come back after the pandemic. So we worked really hard. We worked with the county health department. Um, we modified the race to ensure safety for all the participants, you know, had the wave start. So it was a lot of work. You know, a lot of times when you organize a race and it's been going on for a long time, it becomes like clockwork. Oh, yeah. And you know what to do. And But this was basically throwing out the rule book and I know, hear creating you. Yeah, or the playbook and creating a whole new one, a whole yep. new operations plan for the race. So we did that. Um, we had everything going smoothly. It looked like it was going to rain some for Saturday morning. Um, didn't think too much of it. And um, we had runners starting to line up for the start of the 10K race morning at 7.30. And then kaboom, we had thunderstorms that had rolled in. So ironically, our, our chief meteorologist for um, Channel 3 was our starting line announcer said, you come with me, let's go sit in my car and let's pull up the Doppler. Oh, so no. um, he came in, he pulled it out. It was just a line of red. And then, so he called the station and, you know, asked them if they were seeing the same thing on their end. And they said, yeah, this is going to go on for several hours. So it wasn't even, you know, our policy is to pause it or to, to delay for 20 minutes. But this wasn't going to let up. Um, it was going to go on for a couple hours. Um and so the skies unleashed. We had a horrible thunder rainstorm. We um, ended up canceling, and I didn't even have the cancellation communication set up because we didn't know we were going to get hit by this. Normally, right. the night before, I'll plan the communication, so all I have to do is push a button, and out they go if we cancel. Um, so um, I was on my phone trying to send the cancellation email, you know, putting it on Facebook. Um, so that we could notify everyone because the 5K started at 9. So we still, we, it, it was too late to notify all the 10K runners who were there. We had to tell them. First, we, we delayed. Then I sat in the car. Then we determined we were going to have to cancel based on what the Doppler looked like. And um, so then we, we, can't, we ended up canceling. We announced it and then got the communications out to try and catch the 5K runners before they came. Um, so what we did was we automatically moved everybody to the virtual race. And then, um, amazingly, I think more than 80% of the runners picked up their packet the night before. Okay. And so we ended up mailing the medals to um, all the runners who had participated. And then those who didn't pick up their packets, we mailed all their shirts um, to them as well. So I ended up mailing everything to them. And, and, and we did have quite a few participate in the virtual race. Um, but that's what we ended up having to uh, do, um, you know, under those conditions. Okay. So, yeah, for two years, you didn't get to have a real race. 2020 pandemic, 2021, you fought tooth and nail to make it happen. And then Mother Nature said no. And so 2022, yes. you get to bring it back. And now you've had a real race this summer. So how did, yeah, how did it all come about? Yeah, so People embrace it, I hope. They did. And you know, we were bringing it back, you know, without, we didn't have to have the same level of COVID precautions. Obviously, you know, we were telling people in communications, if you have symptoms or test positive, you know, don't, don't run. And then we'll automatically switch you to virtual. Just let us know and we'll move you to virtual if that happens. But um, so race day, um, the, the week leading up to race day, the forecast was looking really good. And so we were excited. Um, 
you know, running on a nationwide level has been down slightly. Participation has been down um, about 20 to 25% coming out of COVID from where it was. So we didn't anticipate pre-COVID numbers, which usually um, were somewhere between 900 and 1,000 um, in the um, adult races. And then before COVID, we used to have a kids classic, and we've paused that now for a while. We didn't bring that um, back this year. But everything else was pretty much um, as normal. And so when we got to race week, the forecast was looking absolutely beautiful. And um, our participation was up, um, our registrations were up about 12% from the prior year, from 2021. Um, Because obviously we were planning an in-person race, so people were signing up. So, um, you know, we did did a lot of promotion, promoted the RRCA National Championship, and... um, we ended up with having 712 registered runners um, in the in-person and virtual events. In the virtual events, we had between 40 and 50 runners. That so wasn't a huge amount, but people really liked having that option because um, if they're going to be out of town, then they continue. They could continue their streak. We have people who like to do the Kalamazoo Classic every year, so it allows the opportunity for folks, you know, who might be out of town to still participate in the race. And then for fo- we have had some folks, we did have some runners that did come down with COVID. We were able to switch them to the virtual so that they could still participate and get their shirt and medal and everything. Um, but race day came out perfect. Um, temperatures oh, race morning when the 10K started were high 50s. It was sunny, beautiful. Um, we couldn't have asked for better conditions for our runners. And so we did have quite a few last-minute registrations um two um spirits were high people were excited to be there there was a buzz um and you know we we have some great um starting line and finish line announcers who really created a lot of energy too um so it went very well we had uh, my team triumph there some of the captains and angels there and you know we always love to have them especially with mrc's um mission surrounding individuals with disabilities and the services that we provide um, and, uh, you know, where the funds for the race are going, um, you know, they're going to MRC um, to encourage and support individuals living with a disability um, to achieve their fullest potential in life. So it's really nice to have them there um, as well. And we had over 100 volunteers. Um, you know, sponsorships were, were up. They were, they were up from last year quite significantly. So everything is starting to come back. I think it's going to be a, a slow rebuild coming out of covid um, it's not going to be exponential, but we did see that 12% increase in participation this year. Um, and we saw, uh, you know, quite a bit of an increase in sponsorship support this year. So I think we're starting to rebound and come yeah. back out, um, of, you know, where we had, had been through COVID. Where's your number, where was your 22, 2022 numbers compared to your 2019 pre-COVID numbers? So I think Stuff pre-COVID, like not including the kids classic, which we didn't do this year, we were at, um, it was, we were at 900 and, and something, between 900 and 1,000 runners. Yeah. And we were at 712 this year. Right. Um, so that seems about right. Yeah. So, you know, it's pretty, it pretty much reflects what's going on on a nationwide level um, with running. But I think, I think we'll gradually rebuild. It's going to take some time. 
um, from where, you know, from where we were with COVID. Um, I think a lot of people start, you know, when the group runs and races were canceled, it was hard for people to stay motivated um, right. during that time. So they're starting to, starting to come back now. Is it a, it's a 5K race, right? And yes. Is there other distances or is it just a 5K? So there's a 5K and a 10K. Okay. And what makes the um, Kalamazoo Classic unique is that people can do both. So we had over 100 runners do both the 10K and the 5K. So they did the 10K first and then the 5K second. So even though there were 712 runners, you had, you know, you, you had over 100 of them cross the finish line twice. And keep going, yeah. Yes. Yeah, we used to do that at the Tulip Time Run in Holland also. We don't do it that way anymore, but we used yeah. to do similar, something similar with that, same way. Um, tell me a little bit about, uh, you've mentioned MRC a few times, and it's where we're sitting right now and it's right. where you work. Um, what is MRC and how is it in, ingrained into the running uh, community here? What are we doing? With yes, that? so so MRC is a nonprofit organization, and we serve about 600 individuals with disabilities each year, um, specifically individuals with developmental disabilities, traumatic brain injury, as well as individuals diagnosed with mental illness. And some of the services that we provide um, are case management services. So we serve about 400 people that have um, severe and persistent mental illness, and um, the case management team works with them to coordinate their services and help them to lead as independent and productive lives as possible. And then we um, also offer vocational rehabilitation services. So we work with individuals with disabilities, both um, on the mental illness side and developmental disabilities, to build skills um, to help them to be able to obtain employment. Um, so ideally, um, we have in-house um, programs, but then we work with people to develop their skills, to try and place them in jobs out in the community. Um, so that's a, that's a big part of what we do. We also have as part of skill building an art gallery, studio, and retail space in downtown Kalamazoo. And there we have artists. Um, typically, we have between 50 and 55 artists a year. Um, and they develop um, pieces of art, many of them you see in this room that we're sitting in right now. Um, and we, they sell that art, and they receive 75% um, of the proceeds of the art, and the rest goes into their supplies. So that also helps them to develop skills and gives them a, a tremendous sense of accomplishment um, in being able to do that. Now, um, MRC wasn't per se ingrained in the running community, but, but through the Classic being a big fundraiser has become ingrained. Um, the Kalamazoo Classic is a partnership between MRC and our local running club um, to be able to you know, execute this race. So the proceeds, 85% of the proceeds benefit MRC and then 15% Kalamazoo area runners. Um, so that's kind of how, how it came together. Okay, um, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it sounds like it's a great program for people in, in the Kalamazoo area to, to just get their life together if they don't have any other means. It sounds awesome. Yes, it is. Um, it, it's awesome. It, I mean, it's a wonderful resource for the community. Um, you know, as we know, um, you know, mental health, especially during COVID, um, you know, has become to the has come to the forefront right now. And um, MRC is, is helping to work with, you know, folks um, who do have severe and persistent mental illness um, to be able to, you know, live independent lives. Um, and so um, that's, a, that's an important, um, you know, very valuable service in our community um, here. So, yeah. That's great. So if someone wanted to donate to MRC, the website for that they can go to and 
Um, yes. See all the information? Yes. So we, we do have a donate option on our website. Okay. So people can just go to our website and donate online. Um, of course, we always accept mail-in donations as well. And then, you know, when we organize the Kalamazoo Classic, there's actually a donation option through that registration, uh, too, for people to donate money to um, MRC. So um, Run Sign Up has a great feature. And so we have quite a few um, runners usually donate to MRC that way. Okay. Oh, now, do you have registration open for next year already? No, okay. we don't. When will, you, when will you get that open? That'll probably open, um, we usually open it either uh, March or April 1st. Okay, so we got a, a while. So if someone yeah. wants to register for Kalamazoo Classic next year, they just got to wait a while yes. until registration opens. Um, but now, is there still updates? Are you sending email updates, or is there social media updates, or how people keep can keep people keep up with the race and stuff that's going on? So we do do a post wrap up email and survey, which we just sent out um, to participants, and you know we do have our website um, kalamazooclassic.org that's out there right. Um, right now, and, and it still obviously has information from this year's race out there. Um, we'll be updating that in the spring as well. Um, so we usually begin sponsorship outreach in October and then um, get everything updated um, in the early spring okay. for the race. And then uh, are you on all the social medias? Yes. So the Kalamazoo Classic does have a Facebook. Um, it's got a Facebook page. We also promote information on the race on the Kalamazoo Area Runners um, Facebook as well as the MRC Industries um, we also have an Instagram account for the Kalamazoo Classic as well as Kalamazoo Area Runners um, where you can see information as well. Okay, so a lot of information out there and all this stuff. And yes. Find you or find anything you're involved in, which is like everything in Kalamazoo, it sounds <laughs> like. Uh, there's a lot of resources. And, of course, I'll put uh, links to a lot of that stuff in our show notes. So if someone's lis- listening to this episode, they don't have to search around. I'll, I'll sur- do the searching for them put a link at the bottom and they can just click on and then they can find all the stuff you're involved in and all that cool stuff that is going on around here. So yeah. Yeah, that's great. I love hearing your story and I love hearing everything you were involved in. It was uh, very cool to get to know you right through the podcast because we didn't know each other very much. Right. uh, I know a lot more about what's going on with you and what's going on in Kalamazoo and all the running and stuff. So it's fantastic. Yeah. So so thank you so much for the opportunity to to share. And I I look forward to being at your your race here, the Holland Haven. Yeah. I hope you can make it. September. Yeah. (laughs) You can make it. It's on September 11th this year. And so we're doing very patriotic theme. Oh, this nice. year, and you know, I'm a veteran, so it's a veteran-owned event, and I have a lot of veterans that come to my event through Team Red, White, and Blue. So, oh, nice! It's going to be a fantastic event this year. I'm really looking forward to uh, making a big, big splash uh, out there in Holland. So, ho- definitely hope you could make it and represent RRCA up there. Yeah, it sounds amazing, and definitely going to try to be there and you know supporting the event and representing RRCA. And I've heard great things about it too through our local running community here. We have many members of Kalamazoo runners who participate in it, and they really enjoy the race. So, you know, you put on a great race, and I'm looking forward to experiencing it myself. Okay, awesome. Well, we'll plan on seeing you then. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Okay, thank you so much. As you just heard from Bonnie, she is involved in a lot of things. If you want to support anything Bonnie is a part of, or just get information, click on the links in the show notes to find out everything you need. All right, let's get into the rundown. And the rundown race for this month is trail points hazy days 5k this was a fun run it was a first year run and it was hosted at trail point brewery which is a nice little brewery in allendale michigan 
that I just love their beer. I love the atmosphere. I love the outside uh, patio that you can go and hang out at. And so great place to hang out at. And I'll get into that a little bit because we did hang out there after the event. Uh, did start and end in the Trail Point parking lot. So that was easy, pretty low key. You just got there and we kind of just stood and lined up. There was like not even a finish banner that you kind of wrote on chalk. Go ahead and start here. It was totally a fun run, totally nonchalant. It was just cool to just hang out and see people. Uh, there was about 100 runners. Uh, like I said, a first-year event, so a little bit of a smaller group, but 100's not bad for a first year for a turnout. Uh, and you could bring your dog to this. Trail Point Brewery has always allowed dogs to come on their patio, and big part of this race was all the proceeds went to Harbor Humane Society. So, very pet-friendly event. Uh, Harbor Humane Society, one of my favorite uh, places in Michigan, honestly. I got my cat there. I've donated a lot of stuff there from Holland Haven and been friends with the director there and and just been involved with them for a long time. So, great organizations. Glad to be able to support them. Uh, their Their little slogan for this event was, Benefiting shelter pets one brew at a time. So I can tell you I definitely benefited some shelter pets with some brews at the end. We'll get into that here after I talk about the run. So it was warm. The race started at noon. So by noon that day, it was probably at least 80 degrees, maybe a little more. It was overcast, so it wasn't like super sunny, but it was definitely humid. And it was sunny enough, like Jen got sunburned, so it was sunny enough to get some sun. And so it just, it felt like a warm run, but you know, that's summer in Michigan, you know, it's still better than winter. I'll take it. So we did get out on the run and I brought my dog Lincoln with me and he's, if you didn't know, 105 pound chocolate lab. So he's a big boy and he runs a lot. He plays in our backyard. I take him hiking all the time. We go running, but he's never really done a, like a 5k in the summer, like on the leash. We got to go at a good pace. Usually we go running. It's more like, let's run out the sand dunes, jump in Lake Michigan, cool off and swim and then run around or something. So this was a little more formal, a little tougher for him. So we took off on the run. We started out on just the sidewalks right along Lake Michigan drive. It was a little bit crowded, you know, because we were on a sidewalk. So it, it was a little bit harder to get around people at first. We went in the grass, but we were kind of a run. We were kind of a run stop for quite a while because I knew Lincoln would. Whenever Lincoln goes on a walk on the leash or whatever, he's got to pee, and of course he's got to poop. So it was it was like run, stop, sniff something, pee, run, stop, sniff something, pee. Finally, run, stop, and poop. Luckily, I don't really talk about dog poop on the podcast much, but he did poop near a trash can, and I had a bag, so I was actually able to scoop it up, put it right in the trash, and continue on, so that was lucky. So we, we got going. So we ran, I'd say we ran, we jogged, we walked. So here's what happened. We ran about a half a mile, really solid. He, he was gung-ho and ready to go after he stopped me a bunch of times, and then he started getting warm, so we slowed down and we were jogging. And after about a half a mile or, or so, we got into a neighborhood, which was nice because then it spread out a little bit. We got to run into streets of this little subdivision. So we got to get around more people and there was, and there was probably a dozen dogs in the race. So it wasn't just the stopping to pee for the dog. It was, it was stopping to mingle and sniff other dogs too. So that was kind of a go and stop kind of a race too. And the other dogs were great. There was no, no problem with the other dogs. Every, every dog was friendly. It was cool. All the owners did well with their dogs. Totally great to have dogs on the run. I loved it. 
It was a really great thing to do. So we got going, and then after about another, you know, we got about the halfway point, I'd say, of jogging, you know, after after we ran for a while, and then he was so hot. It was it was time to just walk. I knew he was not going to be running anymore, uh, even though I was just, you know, he was behind me. I was dra- almost dragging him, just jogging. So we were done. We were done running and jogging, so we walked, and finally at mile two, luckily they did have an aid station, one aid station out there at mile two. They had a big bowl of water for dogs, so he got to get a big old drink of water, which was great. Kept him going. They had bottled water for human runners, which I got some, and Jen had caught up to me because we'd started walking, so we were walking together, the three of us, and we all got water, took off. So we walked it. All we walked the rest all the way in, which was cool. It was still a fun event. Uh, a lot of people out there got to see him in every aspect. Some of them I was ahead of. They passed me up as we were walking in. We got back to the parking lot, and we were close to the finish line, and we saw our car and decided, well, before we get to the finish, how about we stop, get our running shoes off, put our sandals on. So we stopped at the car right before the finish and opened up the car and get our sandals, and Lincoln decided he was just going to jump in the car and lay down. So he was done. He didn't even want to go anymore. But we got our sandals out. We corralled him out of the car. Went, we hit the finish line. We finished right around 50 minutes. So not bad for a, a run, jog, walk, 5K with a with a hot and, and tired puppy dog. And he's about four years old. So like I said, he's in good shape. But uh, being a big boy like he is, that heat just uh, kicked his butt after a while. Uh, so we finished up, though, and we got to go hit the after party, which was right at Trail Point. Cool brewery. They had a nice outside, they have a nice outside patio with probably over a hundred seats out there where you can sit and hang out with your dog. They had a band there. They had bands all day that day, actually. Uh, I wish I could remember when the band was there, but they were a great band. They were playing music. We got to sit, hang out. Uh, then there was a free beer for every single runner. So you got a drink ticket. You could go up and get a free beer. I had a really fruity kind of flavored uh, beer, which was really good. I think there were six beers to choose from. Loved it. Uh, their beer is always good at that place, so I highly recommend going up there at Allendale, getting a drink. There was a raffle. I got to enter the raffle and try to win some prizes, and all the prize, you know, all the raffle money went to Harbor Humane, so we got to support them a little more by putting some money in. I did win a orange hat that says Woof on it for a dog, and I also won a T-shirt. Can't remember what the t-shirt says, but did win a I did win a hat and a t-shirt, which was cool. So a little raffle prize, which was fun. Got to do that. We hung out for a while. There was a there was a food truck outside. We got to order some flatbread pizza. Jen and I sat and ate pizza. They brought out like right when we got there, they brought out a bowl of water for Lincoln. He got to sit and drink some water, hang out, you know, just laid down in the in the shade and he just chilled for a while. He finally cooled down a little bit. After we'd laid, you know, he'd laid down for a while. So he was doing good. And there, there's some other dogs there and they were doing fine too. So everybody kind of chilled out after the end of the, after the end of the run. So yeah, we had a couple beers. I think we stayed around for a couple hours after the end of it and listened to the band and had pizza and had beer. And it was fantastic. I, I would say they should definitely do it another year. This was year one. So props to the props to trail point props to Harbor humane for a great event. So Thank you for having us, and uh, loved it. We will be back. All right. Let's go on to our running tips of the month, our next topic. So 
we're going to be talking about hills. Not everyone's favorite, but I came up with this idea to talk about hill running mostly because I've been doing some of it. Uh, it's kind of been my go-to when I'm on vacation, which is kind of weird, I know, but sometimes when I'm like on vacation and like I don't know where I'm going to go run, if there's like a hill, I'll just go do hill repeats because I don't have to like go anywhere. I'm just like, oh, there's one hill. I can go out and run up and down it. I don't have to figure out a route. I don't have to get somewhere. So I've done that the last couple times I've been on a trip and I needed to get a run in. And man, they kick your butt. So the topic of our running tips this month is four hill running workouts that will boost your speed and efficiency. Adding them into your training will translate to better form and faster times, even on flat land. And this is by Cindy Kuzma, and she writes for runnersworld.com. That's where this uh, information came from. So if you want to look it up, go to runnersworld.com. You can read the entire article. I'm just going to go through some bits and pieces of it and talk about some of the major points of hill running that I thought were interesting. So let's start out with a little quote here. Physically training on hills builds muscle strength, says Maryland-based running coach Lisa Levin. And hill sprints or repeats can help improve running economy, which translates into less energy expended over the the course of longer distance race. Okay, so that makes sense. You're trying to get faster on your long distance running? Hills, right there, it says it. It's going to work. So number one reason to do it. All right, let's talk about some more of this stuff. Okay, a little more information here. Why? For one thing, uphill intervals intensity improves what's called your lactic threshold. We've all heard of that one. That means your body produces less muscle-burning lactic acid at the same swift paces. Plus, you're able to buffer the acids you do churn out. Flat intervals do this too, but with hills, you don't have to move as fast to reap the same rewards. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I don't have to go as fast, but I can get the same lactate buffering. That's, you know... And it's that lactate that just slows you down when you're running or working out and it builds up in your muscles. You can't, you can't cycle it through. So if you can, if you can build that buffering, that is certainly going to make running in the, you know, in the future when you're doing something longer, more efficient. All right, here's a little more. Shimming up slopes also asks more of your muscles and nerves than sprinting on the level. Speeding the connections between body and mind that make you more explosive. This ability to summon Summon strength swiftly, that was a tough one to say, boosts running economy, a measure of how efficiently your hardworking muscles use oxygen to power you forward and a key factor in distance running success. So running economy, we want to use oxygen. Your muscles need oxygen. So again, another benefit gets you going up the hill. All right, let's get into that. I promised there would be four hill running workouts. So here's number one. This one, and they're kind of set up for like what they're benefiting you for. So number one is for speed on the road. And this one says, if you want more speed on the road, head up hills as fast as possible in 30-second bouts. These speedy climbs work similarly to plyometric exercises that build explosive strength and train your muscles to fire more quickly and forcefully on any type of terrain. Uh, That's exactly what I do when I'm going out hill running. I pretty much find a hill that's about 30 seconds to 45 seconds long and you know just kind of estimating because just checking it out from the bottom and I go up I usually do like 10 intervals on a hill is my my thing you know but if it's a longer hill I know last time I went to Minnesota 
about a month ago, and there was a long hill I was running up, so I didn't do that one 10 times. But usually I'll just run, I'll sprint it up, I'll jog it down, and then I'll take about 20, 30 seconds at the bottom to really get my heart rate, come down a little bit more, and then I'll, boom, go right back up. So that's that's my go-to, and I feel like it works really well. So you can try that route up your hill. And I think that's what a, long, a lot of longer people, a lot of people do. Sorry. Long trail runs is our next topic. So if you're trying to get better at long trail runs, this says longer hill repeats, still boosted, many key factors, including runner's point of exhaustion and soldiering through a lengthier ascent prepares you better mentally for more technical courses. Okay, so that makes sense. We want to extend your point of exhaustion longer so you're not tired. So yeah, I can see where if you're trying to get into longer trail running, you want to lo- run longer hills. Anything longer is going to help you run longer. That makes sense for that one. All right, next one I really like the idea of because they're going to focus a little bit more on running technique and biomechanics. And that's something I think a lot of recreational runners don't think about. And it's hard to train. It's hard to get good at running form if you're not trained in it or you don't go see somebody that's going to show you how to do it. So if just running hills is going to make you better at it without even like going out of your way, let's get into what they say here. Use even shorter uphill charges to practice better form without wearing yourself down. Inclines force you to drive your knees high and land with your foot underneath you versus out in front of you, and aerobiomechanics refer to as overstriding. As a result, the angle between your thighs when you push off for the next step increases, and more of the energy you generate moves forward instead of upward, making you more efficient while reducing impact forces that may cause injury. That's a perfect statement because when you're running, you don't want to put your foot out in front of you and land, you're almost putting on the brakes as you're running. You want your foot to land underneath you and propel you forward, and you don't want to land on your heel. You want to land on your forefoot or your midfoot or your whole foot. Not you know you don't want to put your heel down. That's like putting on the brakes. Think of like Fred Flintstone driving his little stone wood car. He puts his heels down. He's stopping the car. That's what you're doing when you're heel striking. So if you can get on a hill and get those feet going underneath you and churning forward. That's going to help you learn to run a little bit better on the flat ground and push you forward. And like they said, reducing impact forces that may cause injury. Because when you are heel striking, a lot of weight coming down. It's not just, you know, if you weigh 150 pounds, it's not just the weight of the 150 pounds of your body because you're you're running harder. You're putting even more force on every single foot strike that you put down. So be aware of that. Try not to get injured on your running. Maybe use some hills to... Work on your biomechanics a little bit. All right, final one here we got, final workout. This is to crush a hilly course. You can practice by doing your long runs on a route mimicking your race course or with a session that pushes the pace after a series of climbs. So that makes sense. Uh, if you know you got a hilly race coming up, go find a hilly running route to practice running on. Get good at running on a you know, up and down where it may be flat for a mile and then you got a hill and it's flat for a half mile and you got a hill. So that'll kind of get you kind of used to what you're going to run your race in. And then the second thing they said was about uh, use a go run after you've done a hill session. So maybe you go do some hill repeats, get your legs tired, and then go run on tired legs, your regular run, which is going to help you on a long run because, you know, in mile 20 hits or 22 hits of a marathon, our legs are tired. 
So kind of running on fatigued legs, get yourself trained with running on fatigued legs will certainly be better when you get out on the race and you're kind of used to it and you know what you're doing. All right, that's our running tips for this month. The next thing I want to talk about is our local race calendar. Race is coming up in West Michigan. It's summer. There's a ton of races. It's awesome. There's a lot of races around 4th of July weekend, which is really cool. So I got a big list here. I'm going to go through them, starting with Al Vans Firecracker Furry 5K in South Haven on July 2nd. Caledonia Kilt Classic 5K in Caledonia on July 2nd. Freedom Run Door 5K indoor on July 2nd. Visser Family YMCA Buck Creek Run 5K and Kids Run in Granville on July 2nd. So there's a whole bunch of July 2nd. If you you know if I'm going too fast, these will all be in the show notes. You can click on them, link to them, go right up there and register. All right, now we got some on Independence Day coming up here, quite a few. We got the Hopkins Freedom 5K in Hopkins on July 4th. NN Mobile Solutions 5K in Kentwood on July 4th. Reeds Lake Trailblazer in East Grand Rapids on July 4th. Rose Run 5K, 10K in Richland on July 4th. Run for the 4th Sand Lake on July 4th. T-Rex 10-Miler and 8K Trail Run in Lowell on July 4th. I'm just going to give them a shout-out because one of my favorite races all time. I usually do it on July 4th, but not in town this year, so I'm going to have to miss it, unfortunately. Uh, Hess Lake Run, they have a 13.1. They have a 10K and a 5K. That's in Nuego on July 9th. Run the Riverwalk 5K in Lowell on July 9th. Run OHS 5K in Muskegon on July 9th. Magic of the Mile, One Mile in Kids Run, Grand Rapids, on July 12th. Lake Michigan RTS 10K in Holland, July 16th. Another fantastic run in Holland. You get out, you run through the sand dunes, you run through the woods. I highly recommend that one. Get out there and do that one. Robinette's Wine Run 5K in Grand Rapids on July 16th. Metroway 5K Wyoming, July 21st. Shout out to Mandy Kitchen, the race director there. Laker Loop Half Marathon, Spring Lake on July 23rd. Run West Ottawa 5K and One Mile Family Fun Run in Holland on July 23rd. Summer Cross Country 5K 10K, Kalamazoo, July 23rd. Coast Guard City USA Run, 10K, 5K, One Mile, and Kids, Grand Haven, July 30th. That's during Coast Guard Festival in Grand Haven. Great run. A little hillier than you expect, so be careful if you go to that one. It's a a toughie. Uh, Fruitland 5K Trail Run in Whitehall on July 30th. Mummy Marathon, 26.2, 13.1, 5K in Lowell, July 30th. That's a toughie. That's a trail run. I ran the half one year. Great race. Spartan Nash YMCA 5K in Byron Center, July 30th. And of course, Holland Haven Marathon's coming up in Holland on September 11th. Lastly, if you want to find out about MRC Industries, Kalamazoo Classic, Kalamazoo Area Runners, or Road Runners Club of America, all links are in the show notes and you can check that out. Thank you for listening to this episode of Run My West Coast. If you haven't already, 
Please subscribe to the podcast, like it, and share it with your running friends. Your support of Run My West Coast and the running community in and around West Michigan keeps the runners running. You're truly appreciated, and I'm grateful for the chance to share my thoughts with you. Thanks again, and see you on race day. Thank <laughs> you.